Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm waiting for this. It's a show that brings you all good things football. A part of two halves. With the three wise men of football. Tom Woods. Michael Carden Edwards. And the bitter toffee himself, Lee Collard. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football related and of course working in conjunction with our good pals at the Sports Social Podcast Network. And we are here to welcome you to the weekend. Joining me with their thoughts is the ever-present Mr. Woods and the other ever-Mr. Present, Mr. Mikey Carden Edwards. Boys, how's it going? Mikey Nailed first. It, mate. Thank you, Woods. Uh, he's even said he's even said Mikey first, because last week he basically went free for all. I did. Go for it. Uh, I, I feel like we should give the well. listeners a, a little preview as to what literally just happened there because <laughs> I'm sweating buckets now. I'm hotter than ever. <laughs> Basically, dear listeners, we reminded Lee before this episode of the show, just, just the tagline of the show is welcome to the weekend, yeah? Just drop that into the intro. Cue Lee for 10 minutes, frantically trying to figure out how he can say four words in his script that he has. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Are we, you okay, buddy? We got there, though. I mean, I have literally come out in a sweat, and you won't allow me to have the fan on, so I'm now going to be sweating for the rest of this episode. So um, <laughs> good times for me. But uh, yes, I'm very good. Thank you for asking. You didn't ask me last week, so it's good it's, it's good to know. I guess the question would be, what are we up to this weekend, right? That is it. That is it. Would that, you like to know why I'm up to this weekend? I, I, I'm keen to know. I'll go first, yeah? I'll go first. Is it, is it, is it, um, is it pooch related? It's not pooch related. Okay. Go, go I spoke forever about the dog last week. Yes, I'm never going to do it again. So, uh, no, I've got um, my girlfriend's brother has come to stay with us for a few weeks or so. Um, Old Juan. So, yeah. In fact, actually, by the time you guys listen to that, he's already here. He's called Rafa, not Juan. Uh, that was a little bit on the nose, Lee. A little bit of generalization <laughs> there. Yeah. Fine. Let's hope. I mean, we have got Spanish listeners. Let's hope they haven't heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Pablo. Yeah. 
Other than that, though, uh, now this weekend, not too much watching football as ever. Um, it is going to be near the time. Well, I'm getting my vac- my second vaccination soon, so I'm kind of gearing up for that. And I'm also buying a suit because I'm going to a wedding soon. Oh, nice. nice. What kind of suit are you going for? Well, this is it. I I'm, in, I'm in the want... suit market and I've got one in my head, so I'm interested in knowing what you, where maybe you're going. Well, is I'm it whitely? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Crushed green velvet. Oh, but no, genuine question. No, well, that's yours. You're going for a crushed green velvet suit. If I could get away with a crushed green velvet suit, then yes, absolutely. But no, I'm not going to be going for a crushed. Gr- it was a Spanish wedding, right? So I did hear rumours there was going to be a donkey at this wedding, which would have been incredible, by the way. Like in- incredible. Anyway, um, no, uh, my my girlfriend wants me to have a blue suit. I'm not big on blue suits, I'll be honest. And I wore a blue suit for your wedding. You did. Um, kind of had to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I like a grey suit or something, you know, a bit, a bit nice, a bit, a bit like that. It suits me a little bit more, I think. But no, it'll probably be. I'll probably try and find something bluey, something a bit summery, something a bit mm, nice. You know, I'm not really sure though. I need to have a good look, good goose around first. Yeah, I know because I, I've been. I, I don't have a summer wedding to go to, but I saw a guy the other day wearing a suit, and I was like, that's a good looking suit. And it was like a, it wasn't sky because obviously sky blue is far too light, but it was, it wasn't like royal and it wasn't navy. It was like that lighter end of of blue and it was very and we obviously we have a friend who's getting married in the winter and i don't feel like it's going to work for, for that particular wedding i feel like i don't know i need like a tweed suit for for a, for a winter wedding but um tweed i don't oh. know Mate, i would love i would bloody love to rock a tweed suit or, or like a nice can you can we pull off a brown suit i feel like you need a winter color i get what Mate, also from. i'd also love a brown suit that'd be great see what yeah We've got, to- we've got time to think this through, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got a wedding to go to back end of September, but I know exactly what I'm wearing. Go on. Go on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing blue because that tends to be the colour that I always stick to. Uh, and I will, what I will say, listeners, is that Mikey, Mikey Dan plays like how good he looked in his suit on my wedding day, all right? <laughs> Do you he looked great. bang tidy. He looked great. Okay, so... Did like, look good. He downplays it. He looked amazing. Oh, look at him. Look at him. What, what are you doing this weekend? That's right, Lee. Uh, Shall over. So... Yeah, uh, Friday, Friday night, uh, which would be tonight. Um, actually, going out for some drinks, which is uh, with, with some friends, which will be good. <gasps> on um, I know, right? Pretty, pretty scary. I've had two vaccinations, like, and all of a sudden, like I'm Uncle out there Albert, basically yeah. mingling with people. Um, <laughs> I've gone from basically a shell. You're uh, doing a Ben White, and you're going out there licking faces and shaking every man's <laughs> hand, are you? Uh, but yeah, kind of going out for some um, social drinks um, on Friday night, and then Formula One's back this weekend, right? So uh, and it's the best Grand Prix as well. Spa, right? Exactly. Wicked. Which I tell you what, mate, that coming up Eau Rouge, if Hamilton and Verstappen are one and two, which they are most likely to be, because Bottas has got his grid penalty and Perez ain't qualifying ahead of them, that first corner into that chicane is going to be tasty because neither are given no inch uh i I could see a situation where both of them skittle yeah you say say tasty but at the same time dangerous very like we're talking about corner that you just don't want to 200 mile an hour into that corner just casually basically bashing wheels Mike, Mikey's got his hands raised. I feel like he was going to have some F1 no, and input. And then I waved it off because I forgot that we're not... We're, this is a Friday show, not a current show. I got a text from my man, James Vatter, a friend of the show who's appeared on the show before, who has just texted me going, I can't believe we're olaying at the London Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jimmy. 
I remember when Jimmy V came on actually, and he was um, he was kind of trying to downplay it or even say that he didn't want West Ham qualifying for Europe unless it's the Champions League. Can you remember that? They've got the now <laughs> happiest man in the land. Exactly, and they've got that coming up this season as well. Um, yeah. Um, well, thank you, Woods, actually, for reminding me that not only is there football on this week and there is F1 as well, but we'll take it back to the football because obviously we're going to discuss maybe some some games that are happening, ones that maybe that pique our interest a little bit more than the others. So, Woods, what's what's floating your boat this weekend other than the Formula One? I mean, it's a big game at Anfield. And we finally really kind of... It's a game where we're going to learn a lot more about both teams than what we have found out so far right because both teams have basically played two relegation candidates so we don't really know too much about them um are they legitimate contenders or not um you know it's it's a tough place to go for chelsea uh we waxed lyrical on our earlier pod about romelu lukaku beating up pablo mari for for 90 minutes but he's gonna have a completely uh, different task on saturday evening against virgil van dyke but equally this is Virgil van Dijk recently back from significant knee injury, significant time away from the game. It's going to be a, a big test for him as well. And I think that's going to make for a you know, really box office TV as far as things go. Um, I'd still say Chelsea probably looked the best team in the league, but I thought Mo Salah, despite not scoring at the weekend, looks up for it. Right? He, I think he started the season looking really sharp. Um, and he's going to be a constant threat for Chelsea. Uh, for Chelsea, for against Chelsea for Liverpool. Um, I think Mane getting a goal at the weekend was big for him uh, to kind of get off the mark earlier. It was a difficult season last season, and I think that will help his confidence. So yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of where a, a lot of people's focus is going to be this weekend. It, it is. It is obviously the big game. Um, you mentioned Salah, and it just popped into my head, and I, I don't know if I'm wrong, but it, I'm right. Does he have a good record against Chelsea? I feel he has. I feel he has a good record. Obviously, as an ex-Chelsea player, there's always that level of extra motivation. It didn't work for him at Chelsea for one reason or another. Um, he, look, firstly, he wasn't good enough. Secondly, it was Jose Mourinho. So those are the two main reasons. But uh, I think that he always has a little bit more extra to prove. Um, and he certainly plays like that. I mean, he scored that absolute ripper against us a few years back, which, you know, burst the net from the from the right hand side so he's going to be a problem um, and he, he will test that back line a lot more than what Arsenal did on Sunday that's for sure <laughs> a League 2 team could test that uh, to that back <laughs> four probably you know like a Newport County or something um, okay um, I'm, su- I'm surprised is that all your chat about Chelsea I thought you might have I think it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Tuchel plays with um, the reason being Liverpool like to play a higher line um, and I think there's a lot to be said about playing Timo Werner in, in this game at the weekend um, with Werner's pacing behind. Uh, especially with players, um, you know, he, he was really good at Anfield last year. He was uh, very unlucky to have a goal chalked off for, for a very marginal offside. So I, I think that we could see Werner featuring this weekend. Instead of uh, Lukaku? No, 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 no. No, right. Well, Lukaku plays because he, he's going to basically deal with um, Van Dyke. basically. I think they're going to occupy each other. Um, I think Werner will play off probably the left-hand side. Um, Who's and the I guy would... to go then? Well, I, I doubt it will be Mount. Let's put it that way. Uh, but who knows? Because... When you've got so many mouths to feed, right? Because Chelsea have got players in Zayac and Pulisic who are also going to have to get their minutes at some point. There's plenty to go through. And even in the full-back positions or wing-back positions... Um, Ben Chilwell hasn't featured. I mean, he he didn't feature at all in 
and the Euros. He's still not featured for Chelsea this season either. So th- there's a player that uh, should be fresh and ready to go. It'll be a test for Liverpool's left back as well. Um, he's, a, I guess, he's a, probably a target for uh, who was Chelsea's best weapon other than Lukaku on on Sunday, Reese James to get at. So I think that Chelsea will go there with confidence that they can get a result there. We won their last season. Um, I think it's a big game for both both teams though to really make a statement. It is. It's the big. It's the big game of the you know early season, isn't it? Either or. Both are up, you know. Both are title contenders. Chelsea, would we say edge favourites? Even though it's at, is that where is it? Is that at Stamford Bridge? It, it's at Anfield, so at it's, Anfield. it's very hard to say Chelsea favourites going there. Um, you know, they're still a very good team. Liverpool, they're still one of the favourites for the league. I'd say we're not going there as drastic underdogs. That's what I would say. I could see it playing out as a draw. You know, the, the thing with these big games, especially early doors, is that um, there's always a level of caution. I think by both teams. At this early stage, it's don't lose, right? That tends to take take a priority over go and win. Uh, so I could see maybe both teams playing um, maybe a stifling nil-nil at Anfield and both teams coming away frustrated but satisfied. So it might not be the best game of football to watch this weekend, uh, but it certainly has the most intrigue. I'm surprised they didn't stick it on on a Sunday 4pm. They've gone for the 5.30 Saturday slot, is that right? Yeah, um, yeah, I can't answer why that is. Uh, it is a bit surprising why they've not gone Super Sunday on it. Um, I think Manchester United have taken that slot. That's probably a reason why uh, you know United are always going to draw numbers. It's it's all about viewing figures, isn't it, for Sky? Um, I would have thought that Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I just would have thought Liverpool, Chelsea. Is it is it Man United Wolves this weekend? And I would have thought that that would trump that, given that you know it is Liverpool as well. You know. Probably, what, second biggest team to Man United in England in terms of numbers and fans? Mm. Yeah, I can't answer why it's been stuck there. Yeah. I can't. I Sorry, don't, I don't, know, I don't know if there's midweek fixtures for, for either team either the week after. That that can obviously play a part. I'm not too sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, on that note, let's, uh, let's, let's take a little pause before we go over to Mikey and see what big game he wants to be talking about this weekend. Mikey. Uh, so my um, the game that I it's a bit of a strange one. Uh, Man City Arsenal is the uh, <laughs> yeah you bastard. <laughs> Mikey, no, tell digress. the listeners why you're a bastard. <laughs> uh, so look, the gimmick of this part of the show is is that we pick a game that we want to talk about. The two obvious games were the Chelsea Liverpool game and the Man City Arsenal game. So we're thinking about what game. And I was like, well, look, the Norwich Leicester game. You know, I'm quite intrigued with that one, and. Um, we basically joke that I would then choose the Man City Arsenal game, so then Lee would have to talk about a game that he has no interest in talking about. Um, no, it's funny now I've explained it though, Lee, has it? Eh? <laughs> um, look, look, I'll talk about it. Well, it helps so when, when we move on to the uh, Norwich Leicester game. I'm sitting there going, so uh, Norwich, not. Norwich playing yellow. <laughs> uh, call no, the Canaries. I, I think it's an intriguing football match. It is, and I'm going to talk about why, why it is now. Right. Currently, obviously, we record this on a Monday night, correct? Correct. West Ham have just beaten Leicester 4-1. 4-1? Who scored the fourth? Please don't tell me, Antonio. Antonio won't got tell you. Antonio got twice, yeah. Got oh, you are kidding me. 
Because yeah, obviously we, we're going to be talking about fantasy football later on, and I haven't got any Antonio talk, but I feel like... L cat <laughs> with the cream over here, yeah? Um, Two goals and an assist, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I should have captained him. Um, yeah, West Ham just beating Leicester 4-1. Leicester, the previous week, 1-0 against Wolves. Wolves were the better team. Yeah. Norwich have faced uh, Man City, and they faced Liverpool as their two opening games. And... It's kind of a perfect kind of fixture because Norwich are back in front of their, their home fans against a team that are, have just been turned over. Perez did get sent off early, but they still played Vardy. They played Madison. They played Barnes. They played Tielemans and they've just been turned over 4-1. They don't have, now Vestergaard picked up an injury. Um, so he's not playing. So they played a Marty and, uh, Soyuncu at the back. Um, some guy called Thomas at left back as well. I'm not sure who that is for Leicester. Not. Positive I want to say Woods has got him in his fantasy team. If I I'm think right. I do. Is it Leroy? Leroy Thomas is his name I've heard. Um, I'm just very intrigued how this goes because Norwich need the points because Woods big them up on our uh, relegation special show last week. Norwich, Daniel Farr, good manager. They've learned their lessons, I heard. And uh, they're going to need to prove this basically now because this is a game Leicester aren't going to want to get lose to Norwich. They're really not going to want to lose to Norwich. Norwich are not going to want to lose their first three games of the season in front of their home fans against a team that haven't started the season well, despite obviously winning the Community Shield against City. So for me, it's a very intriguing game of football. And those were my reasons why. It feels like a pivotal game for both teams in many ways, even at this early stage, right? Because their their luck is certainly going, well, look, Leicester won their first game of the season, but as you say, they weren't good doing it. And if, if Dharma Traore had anything about him, it's it's, it's, it's a non-victory. But uh, it's a, an intriguing fixture for Norwich. Daniel Fark was fuming at full time about the the manner in which they conceded the goals. And it was garbage. Was he fucked off? He was properly fucked off, Well, mate. thanks to that nice microphone peaking there, Lee. Jesus. <laughs> Listeners deafened by that. Uh, but it's um, yeah, it's an intriguing fixture because at some point, Norwich have got to show that they've got the hunger and the fight to, to stay in the division, right? They, unless there aren't an easy game, their first three fixtures coming out of the bat, like with Liverpool, City, then, then Leicester is, is not what you really want as a promoted team. I think when you look at what Brentford had got, for example, Brentford started with a banter Arsenal team at home on a Friday night. Perfect. And then Palace, who are basically a newly assembled team with a new manager away as your second fixture. That's ideal as well, right? That's a nice Villa away in their third game. So it's a softball start. Then they go to Villa and then we'll see what they're kind of more about because um, Villa sort of found themselves a bit this weekend, I think, against Newcastle. They, they had such a sluggish start against Watford, uh, but they did play themselves more into the game. I, I, I fear for Norwich a little bit, I won't lie. Um, I, when I was watching the results coming in, I was like, spotting Brentford a four-point head start after two games is not what you want to be doing if you're Norwich. Hmm. Definitely. I don't believe in Norwich at all. I really, really don't. I don't think Todd Cant was the guy. Max Ahrens had an absolute torrid time. Um, like obviously, he's against Man City. He was dreadful. Dreadful. And, you know, a lot of people big this guy up. Bayern Munich but, wanted him. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't see it. He, uh, championship, fine. But he was dreadful in the Premier League last time he was here. I know he's a young kid. I really hope for his sake that Norwich gets some degree of consistency and he can start to show his worth, you know, his potential. Mm. Is um, How's Billy Gilmore cracking on at Norwich? 
Is this why it's, you've it's, got Norwich like, you know, potentially staying up? Is it we good? covered this last week, Lee, right? Yeah, yeah, Woods went through that entire team. Bear in mind, Woods also mentioned, yeah, they've got to replace Ben Buendia, who basically got like 20 goals and 15 assists. Yeah, right? It's still positive on Norwich. And at the very end, also they've got Billy Goatmore. And <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, that's why you've gone for this. That's why. <laughs> so, look, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough start for Gilmore in this team. So you can't really read too much into it. Um, and it's not on him. Like if they get, if they don't, if they get relegated, it's not like it's, he's one guy. Yeah. No, he's a young kid. Billy Gilmore is a very talented young footballer. Um, this would be a good learning experience for him. I do believe hasn't um, Brandon Williams has gone on loan to Norwich he has. this he has. season as well, which is um, interesting. He's he's a kid that needs some football. That's for sure, right? He, he, needs he the looks minutes for sure. He's, he he kind of uh, came onto the scene at a very young age, and uh, I think it's not that he stagnated. It's just when you're young and not really getting consistent minutes. And I think it's a good move for him still. You know, Premier League minutes is still good. Norwich do try to play a, a good brand of football, which will help a player that's looking to play for a team that are playing in the top half and, or top four team in Manchester United. So I think it's a good move for United to get him out there. Uh, if, if, in terms of a prediction, Mikey, what are you feeling? <laughs> mm. Did you predict the Liverpool-Chelsea game? I, I did. I said a stalemate. Oh, yeah, of course you did. Uh, I will go for... I'm gonna go for a Norwich Steeler. There you go. See now, One now, nil. now he's on the on board with me with Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel it's a two-two. I feel like there will be goals. Wow. A note on this one: it's the Martin O'Neill derby, right? That will take you back to the mid nineties. It does indeed. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not feeling Norwich. Um, that I think, as you mentioned, Woods, they they do like to play football, and I think that's their downfall. I don't think they've got the players to do it at the level of the Premier League. They look good in the championship, but they feel like, feel like they're very much instrumented their own downfall against City at the, at the weekend. Um, but as we say, Leicester on the back of a hiding by the sounds of things could be a good time for them to play. And to be fair, it'd be nice for them to, to get, get off the mark. Cause I feel like they definitely need it. Um, okay. Well, thankfully Mikey did leave me with City Arsenal and not, not Norwich. Cause that literally would be my only words about the game. Um, the reason why I am looking forward to this game, so it's 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Um, City, Arsenal, wow. Uh, Arsenal, obviously, they got they got, they got got turned over by by Chelsea without the sort of the scoreline reflecting it. I think we obviously discussed in our last pod, Chelsea completely dominated them and Arsenal are just Arsenal at the moment. They're just, they're just comedy. And City, uh, you know, obviously they had a slow start in terms of losing at Spurs, but um, as we just discussed, turned over Norwich at the weekend, and I feel like there's going to be another pasting on the on the cards potentially. Um, Arteta obviously goes back to his uh, how 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 would how do we describe it? He's his protege? No, he's the other way around. He goes back to his he goes back to his former tutor. stomping grounds. Yeah, he's tutor. Yeah, the the, the, the the student goes back to the master. There we go. That's what. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just don't see it with Arsenal. Um, Abamyang, I guess, by all accounts, will be back in the team, but don't think it makes a difference. I'm assuming. Let me ask you a question, Mister Collard. Go on. I assume that the reason why you're looking forward to this game, and really why everyone else is looking forward to this game, is because it's a case of how many. Exactly. I think. I think it is, and I, I generally feel like City. Are, could give them an, an actual genuine pasting. They, they've got it in their armour in terms of the City squad. 
Blight, they don't have a, a recognised out-and-out striker other than Jesus, who actually played against Norwich. Um, yeah, I just, I just, feel, I feel like that's what, that's what is, that's what we're all kind of there for. My only concern is it is the lunchtime kickoff on a Saturday, which sometimes don't always offer the best games historically. Maybe I'm just making an impulse judgment from my hazy memory, but that's my feeling. But um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to hopefully seeing the uh, the heat turn up on that on on that. Pressure cooker, <laughs> that is Arteta that he's under at the moment. Arsenal a little bit unlucky with this fixture being so early in the season because there was a time where underdogs were upsetting the big dogs on Saturday lunchtimes because they were coming off midweek fixtures. I don't think City are coming off one. In fact, Arsenal are coming off a midweek fixture, uh, which is a problem for them because they're playing West Brom in the League Cup and after such a poor start to the season it's not like they can effectively throw a fixture against West Brom uh, with a view to focusing on the game of the weekend so City can have a week preparation rest leading into this game like City always beat up on small teams and City might have <laughs> Harry Kane as well yeah that's unlikely I feel <laughs> that that is unlikely, but uh, I liked obviously we just had to get in there about beating up on small teams. It's a very good point actually. I didn't even consider about the League Cup. In fact, I wasn't even aware of the League Cup. Um, but the fact that Arsenal are playing in the League Cup in round two probably it's a tough fixture. <laughs> it's West Brom as well. Like that is a tough fixture. Recently relegated. I think they started off in the Championship quite well. Yeah. And as you say, they, it's not like they can literally throw out a load of kids, which There's... is traditionally what Arsenal used to do in this competition in the Arsenal... glory days. Arsenal, literally, that's all they have is kids. That's the big criticism that they've had from every pundit recently is the fact that they can't, they haven't been able to attract leaders in the dressing room. So they've just got these unproven kids with talent, but there's no one to nurture and guide them anywhere. And it's it's a real, it's a real cauldron of inexperience. Oh, right, I'm going to say this. I called this last year when I said the biggest problem Arsenal have is that they've got all this young supposed talent and they're going into a team in complete disarray with no leaders to guide them through. The best way to bring young talent through is to put them into a team one or two at a time into a well-functioning oiled machine. Arsenal are anything but that. Right now, Bukayo Saka is everything to Arsenal fans and the amount of pressure and weight on that kid's shoulders after a Euros where it was on a personal level, very probably emotionally draining for that kid, he's now got to have the hopes and dreams of every Arsenal fan on his shoulders. That is not, uh, it's not fair on him. It is not fair on him. Um, his performance at the weekend against uh, Chelsea, he was dreadful. It's not fair on him. It really isn't fair on him. And Arsenal have no one to blame but themselves. Edu, the whole transfer committee, Arteta, it's an absolute nonsense. And really, for the benefit of Arsenal fans, they need to get an absolute hiding against Man City because they need to get out of this. They need to get out of this. Whatever they're in right now, get out of it. Get a manager in who has a clue. So really, the worst thing is them even pinching a result or only losing by one or two. Because it will vindicate the fact, oh, look, Arteta knows what he's doing. Yeah. Don't we've got a plan. They're, they're, they don't they're called plan. deluded fans, mate. They are deluded fans. Okay, well... I guess time will tell and we'll see how it goes at the weekend. Um, I, I just, I fear for Arsenal, I generally do. But at least on the plus side, AFTV will be great watch. 
that will be also I'll be looking forward to as a sideshow to that game. So yeah, consider that. Um, let's take a breather before we move on to the fantasy corner. Fantasy football. We kind of we've alluded to some of the things that I kind of want to discuss, uh, and I don't know where which angle to go. Michael was giving me that sort of. I don't know that grimace here, like he's looking at me, and I don't know, he's scaring me. I'm just, I'm, look, dude, we got to the fantasy football corner. I'm curious to see how your boy takes it. That's all. Well, I'm already concerned the fact that you've told me that you've got Antonio, who's scored two and made and got an assist in this, uh, and I haven't even mentioned it on, on my fantasy script here at all, which is of concern. Probably shows the lack of knowledge that I do really have when it comes to fantasy football. However. Quick recap. I think uh, I think everyone in 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 the in the land of England and beyond probably uh, had Salah Fernandez as captain this uh, past week and obviously let them down massively. Before we do get onto captains and where to go for this game week, I feel like we should have a look at the uh, the, the sort of transfers ins and outs of, of the the top five on on fantasy football. Um, I'm going to start off with transfers out just because the first guy that is uh, looking at me on this list is a favourite of Woods. Made it made it onto his winner in our last show. Woods, who's what's your nickname for the guy that should be on Love Island but isn't and actually plays football? Oh, yeah, Love Island Benny. Oh, he's been shoved out, is he? Yeah, and rightly so because first whoever had him in their team, uh, you know, granted four point five million. <laughs> Bear in mind their, their, their two fixtures that they had coming up with Chelsea and City. I know. I think it's literally the price tag that lured the people in. But um, yeah, he, he's on his way out. One that we mentioned, Ivan Tony. Now, he hasn't done the business so far for Brentford, but I'm, I would recommend Hold persevere. Mm. Hold him. Because if you've watched the games, and you know, I didn't really watch the Arsenal one, but if you watch the one against Palace, I think he had a lot of chances. On another day, I think he bags a goal too. And at six point five, I do feel like you should you should keep him. Um, potentially, I think there might be because of there's some, a lot of tinkering around in the football teams, uh, in the fantasy teams. But we'll touch upon that later. Stones is another one that's featuring in the top five outs. Again, he's not featuring in the uh, in the team at the moment. No need to have him in. And then two more interesting ones at a wing back is uh, Luca Digne and and uh, Luke Shaw. Now, obviously, both left backs, both at five point five million. Luke Shaw is at fifty two percent ownership, and at the moment, he's had no attacking output and he's had no clean sheet. So I can understand. Michael's got his finger up. He's going to challenge this. I am going to challenge this. I think if you take him out, you're a fool. If I'm honest. I've said it if I'm honest again. Um, <laughs> he takes all of our set pieces and corners. Anything mm. from the left-hand side, he takes. He's our corner taker and any deep line free kick. And we could have scored two or three goals from set pieces at the weekend from Luke Shaw deliveries. And we were bloody close. So for me, I wouldn't be taking him out just yet. And I, I'm, I'm in agreement because I feel until you get to game week seven, I think Luke Shaw's got some kind fixtures and I think the yeah. tide could turn. But it does one... Who's he playing game week seven? Starts well, you know the mighty Everton. That's when it starts. That's when your tricky run starts, mate. But no, seriously, he's thrown Everton into this at home as well. Um, <laughs> the the cheeky bastard. It's a, cate- like, it's a category four, mate. We'll play the mighty toffee, man. <laughs> um, I know October is a tough month for uh, for United. Mm. So it is very much one to maybe persevere and and, and go with. But with Lukadinho, I can understand. I think we uh, said on the show last um, on Monday. Basically, Everton don't look like keeping clean sheets at the moment. And whilst mm. obviously he does have an attacking output and we do like to get crosses in, 
I, I had a recommendation in, in Pereira, who's just conceded four goals today um, in, in the West Ham fixture tonight. So what do I know? Um, but yeah, they, I can see them two being ones to watch in terms of maybe shifting on. And maybe the uh, FPL players are being a bit hasty with that. Anyway. With, with Wolves this weekend who haven't scored a goal yet this season getting sure out seems incredibly hasty yeah it does and like I said and especially considering Varane is likely going to make his debut as well yeah I, I, I don't get the, the sudden urge to shift Luke Shaw um, it's early and it, I, I, it's I, I was guilty either. of making such knee-jerk reactions early in the season and it basically ruins my season by my fantasy football season by week three um, so I, 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 I am an advocate for holding in, in, in these moments, especially with a player that's got such upside as Mikey eloquently told us. He takes set pieces, for God's sake, at left back. That's exactly what you want. Well, we saw, yeah, at the end of the season last year, plus the Euros, he was the attacking threat. So it is very much one to persevere with. Basically, if you put him in your squad, you must have had faith in him to put him in the first place. So I do feel like he's definitely one to... to keep in and at 52% ownership there's obviously still highly backed he just happens to be in the top five out as well uh, moving into the top transfers in though and this is where it gets a little bit more interesting I think the first one and the big one that everyone's talking about at the moment is Romelu Lukaku 17% uh, is a big must to consider however and this is the key and Michael's got his finger up and maybe I'll go to him first because I, I generally I, I've, I've had a look at this basically most people have got Salah, they've got Fernandez, and they've got Trent Alexander-Arnold in their teams. They're big, expensive players that you know take up a, a tidy, hefty fee of your um, of your allocation, your funds. So trying to shift Lukaku in is getting him in is is a difficult one. You either have to make numerous transfers or you wild card. Now, wild card is is a risky game, and I, I don't recommend doing it early. And if you're that desperate to get him in, go for it. As Woods alluded to, they've got Liverpool this week. He's up against Van Dijk. I feel like with Lukaku, he's one to monitor, one to keep an eye on. Maybe get. I think Chelsea have got a couple of other tricky fixtures afterwards as well. You've got City and Spurs coming up. Yeah. The, the risk, and this is the risk, if you keep, don't put him in, and his value continues to rise... Then before you know it, he's like on a you know he's gone from eleven point five and he's eleven point seven, eleven point eight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Those annoying numbers, right? Yeah. Um, but Mikey, you had your your hand up. Uh, did you have any further Lukaku input? No, I, it's exactly what you've said. It's the it's the it's the bastard. It's the fact of the matter is to get him in realistically, it requires a wild card. There's no way I can fit this guy in. Usually, my tactic in fantasy football is to get three. Big ticket players, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. three, definitely three. And if you can squeeze, because usually I and Trent Alexander-Arnold breaks this entire bloody system for me because I don't like having expensive defenders. I really don't. I don't know why I don't because when you look at the point per cost, mm-hmm. like you know, in terms of the amount of million they cost versus the points they can get you, defenders are where you can make up <clears throat> the points. Um, but in my brain, I can't, I can't fathom it. It doesn't work for me. And Trent being the must-have is killing me, but because it means that I just can't, I can't figure it out. And I think you're right, Lee. I think monitoring it for this next game, until that percentage of ownership rises a bit more, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold steady because I think at the moment as well, if I, I look at Ings and I look at Antonio, you've got two far cheaper strikers who are also scoring goals. If I was sitting there with a cane. 
or you know, I mean, or someone that wasn't scoring, then yeah, I'd be like, all right, I need someone that's going to score goals. But right now, there is options elsewhere for cheaper who are putting the ball in the net. So I don't think it's so much of a must at the moment. Yeah, you, you nailed it on the head there in terms of if you've got Kane. Obviously, I think he was on the bench uh, at the weekend. Yeah, he got, got some minutes, didn't he? Got some minutes, but ultimately, he, he's it's a nice straight swap because he hasn't obviously done anything. You put Kane in at the beginning of the season, hasn't paid off perfect. You get Lukaku in. But if you're, if you're lucky like Mike and you've got Ings and Antonio, I say you persevere. If you're like me and you've got Ivan Tony and Ings, you just got to hope Ivan Tony starts to produce the goods, I guess, because, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, interestingly, though, if you did want to mix it up a little bit, there is another guy that's featuring in the top five transfers in, and that's Jota. Now, if you wanted to take a gamble, you could potentially shift out Salah and keep Jota as it well, you know, in terms of keeping that Liverpool player in and that Liverpool's uh, perspective, you could put uh, you could put Jota in, and you can save yourself a fair few million, and that's where you could potentially go down that route. But it's it's a risky I was game. How, I was going to ask how many millions you're saving here. Off the top of my head, I think Jota is seven point five, and is it five million? And Salah is twelve, twelve point five. I think it's twelve and a half. Yeah, Jota is currently seven point six. So he's just, he's already gone up by point Salah. One. Salah is twelve point six as well. So there you go. You got a five that's million. A big, that's a big price differential that you can then put towards big rom. But that's, yeah, that's that's the swing, isn't it? That's what if you, if you're going to go for for big rom over your also Lukaku eleven point five or something. Yes, he's, yeah, he's that's cheap, your Ivan Tony than... then, isn't it? Ivan Tony's what six and a half, so you can swing that five straight in. So that's the trade that you if you're feeling. Bold about but this it. is what I mean. You've got to make those moves early because before you know it, Lukaku starts to creep up a little bit by mm. point next to two point three million, and suddenly that's it becomes a lot more trickier to do. Jota's this is the goal gamble. per game at Liverpool's his, his record's really good. He missed a lot of time last season, uh, which obviously bumps that number. Now you don't know if given more games he scores more goals, that trend continues, or if it's just the case that he's topped out just they miss a load of games as well Salah's like guaranteed money for Liverpool he was at the weekend he marginal offside um, and he had other moments where he he looked like he was going to score like at this point he looks a constant goal for it so okay, I, I find it hard to move on from him okay so if we keep Salah and then do we potentially take a Fernandez out? Is that is that an option that you think I mean, I'll go to the resident Man United fan I ain't moving Bruno you know, we're calling just... Fernandez for a reason we scored a hat trick last week, and not one of them was a penalty. Come on, first time in his career, mate. But fair play. No, it's, it's, this is the this is the dilemma though that fantasy football uh, is. players have got. It's, it's a really interesting point though because I, I I could I could almost get my head around the the Jota Lukaku situation. Now, obviously, I feel like that ship might have already sailed with the the point one increase that sort of throws it out already, right? So you've got to mm. have some more money in your bank to be able to make that move already at this point and probably a lot of the, t- uh, the teams out there are probably already maxed out as it is this this is what i mean it's, 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 a, it's a tricky one i think one to monitor but not for too much but i think once we get out of the international window is that was that the right thing window and then the, this is well this is just the thing right i mean I, lee you've got more players to transfer in right is that, is that come if you still got more in terms of well there's a couple more yeah, well, I want to see give Michael's top tip for the week. Go on. Never, you mentioned don't wildcard early. Never wildcard before the international yes. break. Wait for those transfers like, to be done as well. Basically, the transfer window, we've got, another, we've got another week, haven't we? 
wait for the transfer window and wait for the international break to happen because you never know if there's a big old injury, essentially. Um, yeah, never fun. Mm. Speaking of injuries, obviously, um, Simakas, he was the left-back for Liverpool has been covering for Robertson. Nice and cheap, starting off at 4 million. He's up to 4.1, I think, now, and his ownership's near on 30%. However, Robertson was on the bench at the weekend, and I think he will be back in that team pretty soon, and therefore... You're going to need to sit, uh, um, push them on, basically. And I feel like there's, I wouldn't say like a light-for-light replacement, but there's another cheap defender out there in in Duffy for, for Brighton. Got a bonus of scoring at the weekend. Um, already bumped up a point. Already gone up by point million. But if you're going to, you need to make your moves quickly, basically. And I Livermento's interest in that four as well. He is indeed. Um, and he's one I've got on my to-watch list because essentially he has played both 90 minutes and he's keeping Walker-Peters out. I was going to say also there was there's also the uh, the, uh, the the what's the the the, the lure of uh, Amati as well for Leicester because obviously they've got a fair few injured defenders at the moment uh, and Amati is cheap if I'm correct he's he four is. million however it's Leicester and they just got pumped for four so <laughs> before this show it might have been a good one to go for after this show maybe not so much but they are playing Norwich in the next game. And you think he's probably going to start that game as well. Fafan is obviously crooked for a long time. Vestergaard's injured as well. Evans ain't around. So maybe he's not. He's in my personal you, you, you team. Fancy it. And, uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm appreciating that Vestergaard is injured because, to be honest, and I'm not surprised that they did concede four against West Ham because he, he is quite dreadful. <laughs> Mate, Vestergaard is, Vestergaard is dreadful as well. It's one of the worst signings of the summer in my head. Really? Dreadful footballer. I think Vestergaard is a dreadful footballer. Dreadful footballer. Uh, he's an upgrade on a midfielder playing in defence, though. That's not even a very good midfielder in Amati. But then I also don't think Sainte is very good either. But that's another story. Ah, I, th- I think you're wrong there. I think you're wrong there. <laughs> okay. He's certainly not as hot shit as what some people have believed him to be, right? That that classic, oh, look, we've got a better player than Maguire narrative that came out. Mm. Mm. That can get in the bin. Uh, okay, let, we're talking fantasy football, so it's all fantasy woods. Okay, it's not, it's not real. Um, we mentioned ones to watch, and Livermento is definitely one at a cheap four million. Um, I've got a couple of others on the list. One, I'm going to go to you first, Woods, because I'm interested to know if he's going to continue to play. He's quite pricey at five point six. Now he's gone up by point one, but that's Alonso. Is he going to continue to start for Chelsea? It seems like Tuchel likes him. Which is understandable because he's the best left back in world football, uh, left wing back in world football. I should say. Yes, crucial. That, that there's a significant difference between him playing left wing back and left back. I, you know, I honestly don't know. Um, that's the problem with with this situation. I, I'm not massively surprised he's playing, but at the same time, I kind of am um, because you know Ben Chilwell when he has played left wing back has has been excellent as well. I, I, I my my gut feel says at some point Chilwell's coming back in. Mm. that's my concern but I understand why people are getting Alonso in because while he is getting consistent game time he's a consistent goal threat as well because the man just loves to live in the other team's penalty area he's on free kicks as well and this is why I feel like he's one to watch because if he maintains it or keeps that position keeps starting oh yeah I mean if he if he basically turns out to be nailed on Chelsea starting left wing back then definitely get him in I'm just not convinced that that's going to be the case yet Mm. Okay, well, that's why he's on the ones-to-watch list. Mm. Uh, and lastly, we touched upon him um, in our last show as well, is Damari Gray. 
Uh, first of all, he was a snip for Everton at 1.5 million. And on fantasy football, he's 5.5. And he's just scored his first goal. Only le- less than 1% ownership. I think he's one to, to keep an eye on. I feel like, you know, in terms of premium, like, well, he's not. He's obviously not in that premium market in bracket in terms of midfielders. So if you've got room to manoeuvre, because a lot of people are talking about Saar, I feel like Damari Gray being Everton, obviously Everton being better than Watford, I feel like might be the better option. Mikey? My my issue at the moment is, and I think a lot of people are having this issue as well, is that your midfielders, the fourth or third midfielder of who to choose, I'm struggling with that in my personal team. Obviously, Bruno, obviously Salah. I have uh, Rafinha in there as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's the other one. I've got um, Harvey Barnes, who's having a nightmare of a season. And he's 7 million. That's a lot of money to be putting in a Harvey Barnes. I'm wondering what to do with that. And maybe, as you say, a 5.5 Damari Grace, whenever you can down, whenever you can swap a player out and save that money, always a good thing if you're going to get a better output. Mm. Always be looking for that. So it's, my head, my, obviously, I'm looking at Pogba as well. Pogba is also on, on my radar heavily. Well, he's already gone he up by 0.2. Point, he's already gone up by 0.2, so it's tricky. Yeah, it's very, very there, tricky, there is that, a, that midfielder spot. There is another name that you can throw out there because we've spoken a bit about West Ham, obviously, given... Um, lesser a drubbing and Antonio played a big part, but also Ben Aram, Ben Ben Rama, Ben Rama. Yeah. He he's pretty much foil to um, Antonio, and yet he's midfielder on the game, so he's got great attacking output. I think he got an assist again at the uh, against West Ham. I think he's got uh, a goal and Leicester. assist tonight. Oh. Monday night, I should say. Monday yeah. night, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because we were recording on a, on a Monday, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, um, there you go, Mikey. There, there's a, there's another name you could throw into the mix. How much up. is Ben Rama on the game? He was 6.1 and he'll go up to 6.2. He'll go up again, won't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, he's definitely an interesting choice because if he, he's now getting that consistent game time as well, he didn't really get much of a, a look in last year. And it seems that now Moyes has finally given him the, like, uh, let him off the leash somewhat. To, to play and like I say playing off someone like uh, Mikel Antonio who's going to do a lot of the the heavy lifting he's going to be able to get opportunities I think I think it helped with Lingard not being signed yes having a full 100%. pre-season someone to work work on that relationship with Antonio and obviously it looks like it is blossoming I know we're only two games into the season but in fantasy football you have to react and that, he was a really good player for Brentford really before, was before moving to I mean he was linked with Chelsea for a reason uh, that that's how good the player he is. Um, in, in, I, I just want to touch on a player, Mikel Antonio, because Mikey geniusly put him in his team to start the season. I'm assuming that he's creeping up in price. How much is he sitting at at the moment? Seven point six, and he will go 7.6. up. Seven point six. He'll go. He'll, he'll go up he'll again. Go up again. Now the thing is with with this, is the gut feel that he now continues this, or is, is has that ship somewhat sailed? That that's kind of my answer should I look to definitely get him in while and, and ride a hot hand or should it is it at this point look it's too late to get him in uh, and that you're better off trying to differentiate from the owners like Mikey who have obviously been able to to ride a productive wave so far I will give away a secret he will be I'll be making it work I think with Antonio I think he's going into my team um, looking at West Ham's fixtures they have Crystal Palace at home this weekend and then they're following up with a Southampton away. Uh, and, well, then they've got Man United at home. But, you know, so with another two fixtures, at least, it could be worth the investment. The only problem with Antonio is he does like to, to get injured quite a lot, but you deal with that when it comes. Um, I feel like very much you, you get him in now. He's going to have to get in. 
It's either him or Ings, and Ings is the is the popular one this week in terms of transfers in. Um, he featured in the top five. Antonio didn't, unless everyone's Not already got penalties. Antonio. Yeah, it's a concern. That was a surprise. By all accounts, El Ghazi is their designated penalty taker. But I don't feel like El Ghazi is playing or starting every game, so there's a good chance that Ings will still get some penalties. It's just how many. Mm. But yeah. Um, let's talk captains before we, before we uh, finish off the pod. Um Last week was quite easy in terms of you just had to pick between Salah and Fernandes. And guess what? He didn't get you anyway because neither did Jack Hall. However, this week I feel is a lot trickier. Mm. Now, we, we, we mentioned I obviously pre-West Ham Leicester had earmarked maybe Vardy or, or if you wanted to go risky, Pereira against Norwich because, you know, I don't think I don't think Norwich, you know, as much as we were trying to big him up in our preview, I don't I didn't see it happening. But um. I feel like my for my captain contenders, Vardy was one. And uh, and if you want to gamble with the old Pep roulette, you can go with Mahrez or Grealish against Arsenal because, as we said, I feel like Arsenal are probably in for a pasting. Um, and I had some slightly outweigh ones. Uh, Ings against Brentford, although Brentford haven't conceded, so it's tricky. Bruno versus Wolves and Dominic Calvert-Lewin against Brighton, who looks to be on penalties, and that's something to keep an eye on as well with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um I'm not keen on Salah. I'm not keen on Lukaku for obvious reasons because it's a big game. Would you mention probably potential stalemate? Mm. So yeah, that's that's my feelings on on captains. I don't know if you guys want to throw another name into the mix or if you're in agreement or not. It's, um, it's a tough week, isn't it? I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I see Antonio versus Palace at home. Well, he's going into my teammate, so yeah, there's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just see he's um yeah, as Woods called him, he's the hot hand right now. And West Ham are West Ham are in form. Um bet a bouncing result tonight. I've got a friend of mine who was at the game who just said text me he's like, Yeah, I love watching football live. It's the best thing ever, isn't it? Um it's not often you can go to a West Ham game and say that afterwards. Hmm. You know, he's not even a West Ham fan either. So um yeah, uh, Antonio is going to is going he's going to be having my he's going to be having me scratching my head I think until until the transfer deadline. In terms of Damn. putting in captain, I've, I feel like given the names that I've mentioned, I don't have Amaras and I don't have a Grealish because I don't like gambling with Pep Roulette. That's the problem, isn't it, with Pep? Like you just Tom. can't bank mm. on what the heck he's going to do. It's impossible to predict. Because Grealish I is think it's reasonably... a waste of time trying to second guess him. Yeah, that's the thing. And Grealish is quite reasonably priced in the game at eight mil, and I think Mares is your slightly more premium midfielder, but pushing towards I think nine nine point five off the top of my head. But if you put him in and then he doesn't start, and he's your premium one of your premium midfielders, you're kicking yourself. So yeah, um, I feel like that. It's like a um, sorry, a friend of mine has got um, how much is Bernardo Silva in this game? Yeah, let me just have a little That's look. brave. He That's brave, yeah. Seven, right? But he's seven. He played against Norwich. They scored five goals, didn't get anything. Jesus. That'd be frustrating, wouldn't it? And he, t- and, he's, and he took corners and stuff as well. And it's like, it's the, it's the difficult thing with, with Man City. Always has been. Unless the only player from Man City that I will always, if he's fit, I'll put in, is De Bruyne. Mm. He's, the only, he's the only banker for me in that team. Always will be. Okay. Um, Unless they get Kane. Yeah. But um, yeah. The, 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 just the other thing on Man City, which is an interesting one, Gabriel Jesus had a very good fantasy football week last week for someone that isn't owned by too many people as well. Two assists, um, right? Two assists. And I think he, he could potentially 
could play his way in. It could play his way into Pep's plans if he uh, isn't there to score the goals, but he's there to facilitate a little bit more. Okay. Um, very quickly with our own team, I feel like given our chat about West Ham, do you feel and and to help Woods get um, get over the fact that Barnes is currently in our team, Ashley Barnes, <laughs> I feel like we should do, double up with a Ben Rama and Antonio and shift out Sancho and Barnes. Would we be in agreement? Yeah, I think at this point, Sancho's not a good hold. He's already dropped by point one. I feel like he's, until he starts playing consistently, he's won. This is it. He'll come good at some point, right? The kid, kid, his numbers don't lie from the Bundesliga, or they might lie because it's the Bundesliga. Sorry about that, guys and girls. We have some uh, technical issues there, but Woods is back. He's back to say goodbye, pretty much, unless there was anything he wanted to add. I feel... This was my computer telling us all that it's time to wrap it up. Uh, it's time to go. It's time to get, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I've got nothing more. I just got to now panic about how the hell I'm going to get Mikel Antonio into my team for the next five days. So that's going to be fun. Fair enough. But don't worry. All, he will be in the pod of two halves one. And that's the main thing. That is. You know, Michael's already won the league. I mean, he's got it wrapped up now. Oh, he's, give he's, it, mate. He's running ahead with the league already. I do remember Mr. Stone Club was winning the league until the last game of the season last year. Yeah, let's not talk about post. that. Let's yeah? not talk about that, mate. Let's not talk about it. He's got, in fact, having a look at our draft team, I know you got Lukaku in, but I was faring quite well in that. I've got a lot of players that haven't played yet. I've got in, De Bruyne, temp- Foden. <laughs> I've got players that haven't played, basically. So I'm waiting for my Varane, Lukaku, and all that, and De Bruyne to all come good. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's because you. Because it's done in um, waivers. The only reason you got Lukaku is because obviously having a poor first week. I think Lee, you must be top. Flinny's last because he basically put in a team of centre backs. Did anyone else actually try and sign Lukaku? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but the problem you was you tried that... to sign him as well. Yeah, 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 but obviously I did wonder. I was like, I wonder how many other people. Got no, I completely um, missed, missed, missed the ball. On it. For some reason, madly, I, because... I had in my head, I had like Richardson. Got to get Richardson. Completely bypassing Lukaku, so. But yeah, that's the disadvantage of when you have a really good team and a really good start, as we said, you know, bottom of the the choices. But uh, anyway, on that note, let's see how our fantasy football plays out over the weekend and we'll come back to chat about if Woods managed to get Antonio in or not and how he fared for our team when he is in. And on that note, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And remember, let us know your fantasy football decisions and our fantasy football expert, Mr. Collard, the bitter toffee himself will critique live on the air. Yeah, to be fair, if you've got any questions, fire them in. Tweet us. Maybe Woods, you need to do a bit of fantasy football tweeting as well, as well as you know your Arsenal baiting. Put a bit of fantasy out there as well, mate. See if we can get some questions, and uh, I'll try and answer them. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will try that this week. I will see what I can do. Talk about your Antonio dilemma, and I'm sure you'll get maybe one or two responses at least. Yeah, basically the dilemma is is Antonio in. Uh, Ings out. We'll see. We'll, we'll find out. We'll this, find is, this, this is this is it, right? I'm like, mm. <laughs> yes, Arrivederci. Yeah. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.